Hello and welcome to episode 116 of the Red Zone Restricted Podcast. I'm your host David Comerford and I'm joined by Chris Coughlin and Farrell Keeling to discuss the 5-2 Champions League loss to Real Madrid. This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to bigheadsmedia.com for more great podcasts. So Liverpool's heaviest home defeat under Jürgen Klopp. The second time we've conceded five goals during his tenure and... The first time we've lost to a team from mainland Europe at home in a European knockout tie. And if you want one more stat just to add to the pain, uh, the first team ever uh, in the history of the Champions League take a 2 0 lead and lose the game by a three goal margin. I mean, talk about a night that kind of, a night of extremes really in terms of how it started compared to how it actually ended. We'll begin with the three red match reviews and then we're going to kind of go through the match in, in stages. Um, so, Chris, I'll come to you first. Um, just give me your three-red match review, please. And also, how, how are you kind of feeling right now um, in the aftermath of of what just happened at Anfield? Yeah. Uh, hi, guys. Um, my three-red match report is too many mistakes. Um, I think that was the basis of... Oh, really? Um, the first 20 minutes, I thought it was classic Europe in terms of Liverpool I thought the atmosphere was spectacular the beginning was spectacular the pressing was was brilliant it felt like the Liverpool of the last two three years but then when you get into it obviously from my angle I haven't seen the back yet great goal by Vinicius to to get Rodgers first Uh, but then after that of course the second goes without saying Third's just a flat ball to the box. Meltau doesn't even have to jump for it. Um, the fourth is a deflection, and the fifth is leading from a mistake. And and and, and you know, obviously the composure from Benzema to finish it off. Um, what else? What I will say just quickly, despite the mistakes, they are the best team I've seen in the flesh at Anfield in my lifetime. I thought the movement was spectacular. Even though you you don't need to gift round your opportunities. But that was just different. I saw today the movement of the ball, the movement off on the ball, off the ball, just the, the quality. Modric is 37. Whatever he's drinking, give me it so I can be that young at that age. But um, really, mistakes are what has po- quite possibly taken the tie away from Liverpool, even after the first leg. Well, sometimes I just, you know, you, you do lose, and, and there are moments in that game where you look, and, and I think it's it's the ball of attention most of all, the the, the yeah. level of that, and you look at that, and you say Liverpool can't do that. Um, I don't, I kind of don't like it ending up in a position where, and I, I see where you're coming from, Chris, but like I'm seeing, you know, James Pierce tweeted that fans were applauding Modric when he left the pitch, and and you know, r- respect r- respect the legendary player, yeah, and and then you have, I think, the Real Madrid supporters where. Um, chanting Liverpool at the end and stuff, trying to show respect to us. But like, I'd rather it end with like a bit of a bit of animosity. I'd rather it end with you know the the two benches at each other's throats. You know, kind of the players on the verge of fighting on the pitch and all this kind of this big kind of love in at the end. It, it's really it's a marker of 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 how we've fallen that that it's come to that point. Sadly, um, I think since May, since May, yeah, and and not even a year's time, um, but. My three words would be a, a brutal turnaround. Um, it was just a completely brutal night, really. Um, 
I think I don't feel um, I don't feel angry. I don't feel um, completely dejected. I just feel a little bit kind of. I think it may be a little bit stunned, um, a little bit kind of uh, resignation in there. I mean, it's quite telling. I think you know there was fans seeing never walk alone at the end of the game. I thought I thought that was you know that was good from the fans and that. But like, yeah, it's just. I'm I'm not sure how we've lost it five two. I'm not saying we deserve to to win or or even to draw. Um, we'll get into it in a second. I think I think with the goals, but Farrell, your three words, please, and, and yeah, just your kind of overriding emotions at, at this moment in time. Yeah, no, um, my three word review is uh, men to boys. I, I thought in terms of the telling thing is really it's it's going into the halftime to all you know thinking we've taking the game to them in like the first 15 minutes, they've come back. You, you can argue, right, there's a, there's a bit of luck there. I think Klopp sort of points out with the first goal, you've got five, six men marking him. Why has no one put in a challenge? Henderson backs off seemingly to cover um, Benzema, I, I assume. Um, and then, you know, you get the... Uh, it's just so many sort of stupid errors sort of involved there. I, I think, you know, again, sort of Klopp comes after and says, oh, you know, five, all five of those goals are pretty much avoidable and I think you can certainly argue that case for at least most of them uh, maybe just four but uh, I think I think I'm a very similar position to you I'm not furious I'm, I'm it, it's it is stunned is, is the right word you know you just shouldn't I think Carragher sort of come on after and said you know you're, you're attacking the cop in the second half you, you shouldn't be then losing the game 5-2 having gone into the second half two goals two goals apiece um, I think what's what's interesting, uh, I don't know if you've both seen the post-match sort of XG stats. Um, obviously, I don't want to sort of delve into that too deeply because I think it's, it's problematic to purely rely on those stats as an explanation of what happens in a game. But, you know, Liverpool have ended that game with a higher XG, 2.09 to Madrid's 1.66. So even, even the underlying stats suggest that maybe Liverpool didn't deserve to be losing 5-2, but... Equally, you look at you look at some of the goals that were conceded, and you think, well, actually, you do. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? It, it, it's it, it's bizarre because it's not a case where Madrid have dominated us for the ninety minutes. You can look back in the result and think, yeah, that that that's deserved. But still, it it's a clear reflection of where Liverpool are at at the moment. It's a clear it's it's a clear Madrid have shown us the level we need to get back to. And I think, you know, there's going to need to be changes. I think, again, anyone suggesting Klopp needs to go at this stage is off their, off their nuts. But, you know, there's going to need to be some investment in the summer. There's going to need to be some form of backing in whatever form that takes. Yeah, I think I look at um, Kamavinga and, and Valverde and think that those, those are two players that, obviously, we're not getting either of those, but that they're, they're the type of players that we need for our midfield, really. Um, I, I was just kind of struck by that as you watch Kamavinga kind of evade the press constantly, you know, keep the ball so well of their day with the energy and things like that. Um, but you mentioned, we both talked about the the quantity of mistakes. So I've got a way to kind of recap everything that did go wrong um, is to kind of break the game down into phases. And we'll start with actually the good part. And it's actually a little bit painful to look back on in some respect because it's like, what could have been on the night, I guess. Um, so, Chris, I'll come back to you. Let's think about Liverpool's start to the game. What what was so good about it and when and, and when did it kind of start to tail off? Because I don't think it was necessarily 
when Vinicius scored that that first goal, I think there was still Liverpool were still playing well. I think it's sort of two one, maybe maybe even a bit of two two as well. But yeah, you know, it, it threatened to be kind of one of the great European nights. There, it certainly had that feel um, after kind of fifteen minutes when we're somehow two 0 up. That first twenty minutes was arguably the best twenty minute spell of Liverpool season in terms of how. The, the, the collective press, the collective effort. Because um, I said on Twitter, like, there were some positives up to a point, and that first 20 minutes was very much a positive. Um, even, like, if you look at the midfield, I thought, up to a point today, I thought Fabinho did a lot of good things. Um, unfortunately, again, just in the second half, like, a lot just kind of tailed off into the form that he showed the season. Bersetic, again, I refused to put any blame on him at all. Um, and I thought he showed a lot of good things today. Um, I thought, you know, Robertson got forward, Alexander Arnold got forward, a bit of the stuff that we were talking about post-Newcastle as well. And the start, I mean, you know, let, let, if you're going to talk about goal by goal, Nunez's goal just shows the confidence of the guy right now. You know, his ability to get across the forward line, he, he loves that kind of back heel finish. And when it comes off, it looks so good because it was a really quite forceful back-heeled volley, and it's a brilliant finish um, right in front of my eyes as well. First time I've seen Darwin Nunez score live at Anfield, which was quite enjoyable, and, you know, it, again, I do think there's a lot of positives in terms of his growing stature in front of goal. And even, you know, Salah, just the constant press of Courtois as well, because I could tell, in the first 20 minutes or so, I think he'd just given the ball away out for a throw just before he made the mistake. And I was saying to my cousin next to me, I didn't think Courtois fancied it. I really didn't. And obviously, he makes the mistake for 2-0. The turning point, I guess, if you if you had to, point, if you had to pinpoint one, was the goal mouth scramble at 2-1. Because if that goes in for 3-1, as it could and maybe should have done, again, that's asking Real Madrid to reply again. But what I'll say is, when the ball drops into that net from for Vinicius' second, it felt like a balloon had been popped in terms of the atmosphere all around because the, the defending had been done, the ball passed back to Allison, he'd had options and obviously chose the wrong one. And the way it just kind of dropped into the net helplessly, it, it, it kind of punctured a lot of excitement, to be honest. And that... That's just the way I kind of felt because just, you just didn't see it coming. And then in the second half, there was only one team in it for me. And I'll, I'll just put this to you, you two as well. I can't remember the last time, even against this great City team of the past couple of years, I can't remember the last time I saw Liverpool chase shadows at Anfield. Maybe that uh, 4-1 game in um, in 2021. I think the commentators have mentioned it today, actually. That was kind of the... Possibly, the, yeah. The one that was I like... Um, yeah, well, that whole, that whole being, season. Being in the stadium, I can't remember the last time I saw Liverpool chase shadows. I think you've got a point even with that, to be fair. Um, sort of two things for me on the stars. First of all, part of me wonders if Liverpool needed to be even more ruthless. And that sounds silly because you've gone 2-0 up in 15 minutes against Champions of Europe. Um, a lot of people will say, you know, you're expecting too much there. But there's just a couple of moments you look at and think, I think maybe in the, even the final analysis of the tie, can you actually kill it there and then? Is that possible? You know, you've got that moment where Henderson, I think Henderson plays it to Gakpo, and Gakpo has um, 
think I think it's a two v one. Salah's free to his right, and I think you know, he slips over. You know, I'm not. Yeah. I, think that, I think it might have been one that nil was a, at that, that point. Was a, that was a nil nil. I think that was a couple. Of, um, but there was one with Gapo, but Setic hooks it over his head. I, it's a very underrated ball into the box. I'm thinking Gapo Nunez the far post. I'm thinking Gapo attack it. Yeah. Because I can't remember what score that was at, but as it's hooked into the box, it's towards the far post. It's a two on one situation at the back post, and I'm actually Gapo. As I say, Gapo attack it, but I, I totally I get, I get what you mean. Fair to be taken in the first half an hour. Real's like defense just looked like it couldn't cope at that stage. You know, you yeah. mentioned the, the scramble as well. I think there was another goal in there for us, um, certainly. So that's, that's a shame. I mean, in terms of the positives again, I mean, it had the air of of kind of those classic European performances in a way with the some of the moments from um from the midfielders. You know, by Sesic, Henderson was even you know winning the ball back quite a lot for being your look good. Did fade as the game went on, um, like you say, um. So let's let's think about that that spell where Real pull it level before half time. Farrell, I mean, how do you see those two goals? I mean, here's how I see it. Klopp said that there was mistakes for all of them. I think the first one, most of all, is just pure quality. Sometimes, it's, sometimes you can see the goal and you're just like you know what, that's just a brilliant finish. And um, that's how I see that. Second one, well, disastrous, but also can we really criticise Allison? No, I, I, it, it, it's frustrating because you can say, you know, oh, the Allison helping you. Courtois had a howler. So it, it's just, you know, it's covering that. It's covering that mistake more or less. So you, you're almost entering half time one all. Um, I, I'm, I'm with you in that. I, I do agree with Klopp. I, I think you know the fact no one's putting a body there. I think we do have to acknowledge the quality. And I think we do risk when we talk about saying, oh, someone needs to put a challenge there. We do risk sort of not acknowledging. An absolutely world-class moment. You know, we, we wouldn't want to do that if it were the other way around. And Salah's dance past four or five different players before notching it right in the bottom corner, which he did nearly um, do. Yeah, which, up, yeah. But that, that's another another one from before. Salah goes past a couple of players and puts it wide. Another big chance in the game. Um, but yeah, go on, carry on, Farrell. No, absolutely, no, absolutely. So I, you know, I, I don't want to, I don't want to overlook a moment of quality, um, but. It, also, with the point, I, I think it is worth noting that Liverpool could could have killed off the game in the first half if they'd you know been you know I, I think saying if they were at the race is a bit unfair because I think again you know Chris you pointed out the first twenty minutes is by far you know the most the most quality we've seen from Liverpool this season I, I don't think that's vaguely controversial uh, to suggest um, but for me I, I think if, if we if we go oh, you know we should have got maybe two more yeah but. I think we almost risk sort of putting the blame on the forward line. And I, I think, you know, the worrying thing for me was, you know, we saw this against Newcastle, and, you know, sustained heavy pressure, you know, got got the Nunes goal, got the Gakpo goal, still really weren't the better team for, for much of the proceedings, I'd say. We're now playing Madrid and no disrespect to Newcastle, but obviously the difference in quality there is is, is, is ludicrous. So you get, you're going to get punished. It's, it's as simple as that. But equally, I suppose even against Madrid, if, if you're saying, right, Liverpool need to score four goals in the first half to have a chance of winning this, that's problematic for me. I think a top elite sort of European side, you'd take scoring four goals, don't get me wrong, I'd bite your hand off if you'd offered that to me. But you, you should, in my mind, a top Euro, European elite side shouldn't need to score four goals in the first half at home, especially, you know, the atmosphere, 
you know, I, I didn't go to the game, but you know, I think even here, sort of watching from the laptop, you could you could feel it, it was, you know, as you say, had all the makings um, of a historic European night. In my mind, you shouldn't need to score four goals, even even to beat Madrid in the first half. You, you should be good enough, even going in. I think going into the halftime break, I wasn't feeling. Ah, oh, they've got the beating of us here. I thought, you know, we could we could take this to to them in the second half as long as we're, you know, if we begin the same way we did in the open the opening twenty and really sort of take it to them and just be, you know, a bit sharp because you can say again the Allison mistake is 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 bad luck, the Vinicius opener is is pure quality, but you take that into the second half, you've got a good chance of going with a positive result uh, to Madrid. Didn't work out that way, unfortunately. Just a point, just to pick up on a few yeah. points from Farrell there, like. I totally agree because I said to the game, it effectively was one-one. You've got one great, got one great goal each. You've got one goalkeeper howler each. Yeah, well, I totally agree with that. What I think in terms of Real's analysis going into the game, what they will surely have noticed the amount of opportunities Newcastle had with ten men, and I think we all kind of thought at the weekend, if a, if a side, as you say, with no disrespect to Newcastle. A team with better finishes and a team with better quality. Liverpool don't get away with conceding the chances that they did on Saturday. And tonight, unfortunately, was an example, pretty much the, the game after, in terms of you can't give a team like that those kind of opportunities and expect to get away with it. And I know there was luck involved, but I'm talking even giving them the chance to shoot and things like that. And, you know, one thing that did get picked up on in the, in the crowd at times was, I don't know, you know, you don't see this on TV a lot. There were a few members that didn't track back as much, and that didn't help in some scenarios. It, it has to be said in terms of the defensive effort. But at the same time, you can't expect to gift opportunities to Real Madrid and expect to be in the tie. It's... The mad thing is the the different responses from the two teams when they concede two goals. Klopp, Klopp talked in his, yeah. his, his interview beforehand about how you can't really rattle Real Madrid where you completely knock the stuff on out of Liverpool when when the shoe was on the other foot. Um, but Chris, let, let, let's talk about the the second half now. Um, obviously, disastrous start with the uh, the Militao goal. For me, the main problem is just the horrendous marking. I mean, the set pieces have been. Have been terrible for, for us recently, the defensive ones. So for so long we were rock solid, but now it's just the, the fear factors coming back. Um and then obviously you've got a couple of goals from Benzema. He makes a fool of us for one of them, to be to be fair. Um and obviously I think there was a mistake in, in the midfield uh for that one, but you've got to defend the situation better. You've got enough players back. Um and it, it was a bit I mean, that that set piece goal and and I think Benzema's uh, second, the fifth are the ones I look at and I say they're unacceptable. The rest of them, I think, um, you can kind of put down to to various things, you know, whether it's luck or quality or just you know a, a rare mistake. But it's them, and and yeah, like I say, w- with the other one, the, the fourth one, I think it's a cool deflection. And and to be honest, like I I, I imagine you might give Joe Joe Gomez a bit of stick here, Chris. I don't think he actually did too much wrong in this game, which is going to be a very bold opinion, I think, given what I'm saying on Twitter, but I think he was unlucky for that goal. I think I can see why he's made the challenge he did on Vinicius um, for the free kick, and you've got to defend it best with that point, but yeah, I'll stop talking now. So so your your verdict on that on that second half, please, and, and that kind of collapse from Liverpool 
if that's what you'd like to call it. I don't think it's an exaggeration to say there's only one team in it in the second half, to be honest, and that's my first thought. Um, I'm saying this having not seen it back yet. Um, the reaction from myself and the crowd from why I was stood, I mean, I mean, just just to clarify, what I mean, the, the free the foul that led, or the what decision that led to the free kick was it was a foul from Joe Gomez. I'm taking. Um, yeah, from, from wherever we stood, it looked like he might have got the ball, but you know, if, if it's a free, I, free I think kick, it was. Yeah. I think it was a foul. I, in in real time, watching it on the television, I thought it wasn't a foul. I thought he just um, outstrength them, but now I think watching it back, he he took the yeah. man. Yeah. Now, fair enough. But um, as you say, um, set pieces, you know, it, it gets given. And it almost seemed like most of the focus was on Carvajal being in the wall with no Salah. And not a lot about what was going on behind them, to be honest. It's, you shouldn't be conceding from a delivery that flat. And given how Militao, just one ball, Militao, bang, 3-2. And again, um, interesting you mentioned Joe Gomez again I haven't seen the goal back so I can't tell you how how much of an influence he has whether he could have done something different or whatever in terms of the deflection in, in, in the back of the net um, there were parts where you know, I thought Joe Gomez again handled himself well you know, I, I thought there were times when he at least tried to speed up the game um, bringing on Matip for Gomez was not a substitution I was exactly crying out for I don't think I don't think it was a substitution that was particularly in my mind, um, but when when I was talking about the movement, I mean I, I haven't seen a team you know, as well move like that at Anfield, and you know, Be, you know Benzema, Rodrigo back to Benzema, and just the constant movement was just staggering to watch, and it's a bit kind of going off what you said as well about the whole respect thing show showing at the end, and it's like. You know, I, I'm, I'm, I've been grateful. I've been grateful. I love the game. I've seen some amazing footballs in my life. But, but you know, obviously Modric today, ridiculous. Benzema, ridiculous. Tony Close coming off the bench. That's the quality around it. But at the same time, I wanted Liverpool to win the game. So it, there's a level between, oh, look, it, it's some of the best players we've ever seen of our generation. But, you know, don't let that mean they're entitled to win. I think one thing that I'll say and I've spoken to a few people about this as well. Some were saying about just putting in a challenge, letting them know you're there, that kind of thing. It was getting close enough to to put in a challenge. And that was borderline impossible at times. Um, just given the display all around. I mean, I mentioned, um, I know Chiumeni didn't even play, but Chiumeni and Camavinga, Valverde, they're, they're an example of a midfield three. That when Real's midfield becomes too old with Modric and Kroos, they can just slot straight in, and that's unbelievable planning from from Real Madrid. Um, but yeah, from from that second half, it's not an exaggeration to say there was literally one team in it. To be honest, well, with all those options, um, I'm sure they can give us Jude Bellingham. You know, they they yes, they, yes, they, yes. they, they don't need them, um, and hopefully they can make sure Jude didn't watch. I, I, yeah, I was thinking that. Do you know what during? The, the second half, I was like, I hope Bellingham watched the first 15 minutes, turned it off, and then has gone to do something else, <laughs> to be fair. But, um, we can hope. Farrell, I mean, let's think, let's look forward now. I mean, the, the closing stages of the tie frustrated me because I was thinking to myself, if we get one goal here, two goals, 
feels just about realistic. Three three goals doesn't. I mean, Klopp's even said after the game, as much as he thinks this opinion might change um, before the second leg, that right now he thinks the tie's over. I mean, I'm not sure I've ever heard Jan Klopp say that before, but there's a position we're in. I mean, so I guess two things. How frustrating is it that we couldn't capitalise on those kind of late openings that we had? Because there were a few. I mean, it wasn't really clear-cut chance, but there's moments where you thought there was a goal there. Um, and, and second of all, what approach should we take to the second leg, given that we've got we're going to we're going to the Bernabeu, the Bernabeu attempting to overturn a three-goal deficit? I mean, you're you're looking for a, a Barcelona-esque miracle in enemy territory, which is you know that's a tough ask at Anfield. Um, that's going to be an even tougher task uh, in Madrid. Um, so, but that but that's what we're looking for. I think Van Dijk was asked about it after the game and, and he said you know like basically something on the lines of um you know ho- hoping for a miracle in madrid and i think nothing short of a miracle it, it is going to be required we're looking at a game that's from three weeks from now you know we're past january liverpool can't bring any more players in we can't bed anyone in it's the squad we've got it is what we've got obviously we've got players coming back from injury you, you expect by then you know, players like Jota are going to be back up sort of fully to speed, you know, are going to play more than just the odd 30, 20 minutes here and there. Um, but, I mean, Liverpool can't afford to go to the Bernabeu and be vaguely reserved in their play. They just need to go for it. It's as simple, it's as, simple as that, really. We're down by three goals. You, you, can't, <laughs> you can't afford to be playing for a couple here. You need to go for it, um, which obviously then opens up questions about what kind of you know, result might an experience in Madrid. Um, I, I think the most concerning for me thing from from that game was, especially if you look at the last goal we sort of conceded from Benzema, which I think possessions nicked off Fabinho in the middle, isn't it? And then it's just a brutal counter. I mean, so much was made of what Liverpool used to do in terms of winning the ball high up the pitch and then counter-attacking close to goal. But we're talking, they nicked the ball from the halfway line. And it was just, you could just watch it happen, you know, it was in slow motion knowing, you know, we've conceded then. And again, you still think, oh, there's enough bodies. It's it's not Benzema running off with, with Van Dijk on their own. You think there's enough bodies there where something something should happen. You know, if you were talking about a couple of seasons ago, or, or three seasons or a season ago, you'd think, OK, you know, he, he's got this man there. But it's, I think... That is just the clearest sign of where Liverpool are currently at um, at the moment. I think you could you could almost argue that it's important the result happened, and you know regardless of what happens in Madrid, obviously I hope Liverpool go over, figure things out, and absolutely batter them off the park. That'd be a dream result. Um, but regardless, this result and this is the one we're focusing on at the minute is, is a clear warning of where Liverpool are at compared to elite competition. Um, and where we need to get back to. For the second leg, can we change the match difficulty to amateur? <laughs> <laughs> oh, honestly, uh, um, that might be the, the only hope we have. But I will give you the, the last word on this. The, the last word on this, Chris. Um, you know, if we think about the effect that this result might have, my concern is that you've got two really morale-boosting wins and, and really the, the mood in the camp team as good as it's been all season. And that was arguably reflected within the first 15 minutes of that game. Um, how much of a worry is this now that even over and apart from this second leg miracle search that we've got, that 
we're now actually going to, the confidence is going to be completely shattered again. And the season now becomes about finishing the top four realistically. I mean, just tonight, even though it's not a Premier League game, actually had those top four chances too. I I genuinely don't think so. I've, I've had this discussion since the final whistle and I think not not particularly losing five goals to two, but losing the first leg at home to Real Madrid was a circumstance we probably, not should, but might have all kind of had in our minds as a possibility. So, and I'm not saying the play of players go into games wanting to win them, but Crystal Palace aren't Real Madrid. Wolves aren't Real Madrid. With all due respect to the two Premier League games coming up, they are very good players. And Wolves have shown that against Liverpool in the last month. Um, so, you know, in, in, in three games. Um, but I know, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. And what it is, I think it is, as Farrell pointed out as well, it's, this game is kind of more key to the figures at the top in terms of saying, if you didn't think investment was needed, hello, it is, in terms of the summer. Um, and I've seen Dave Maddox say as well, he's, he's, in his words, expecting four to come into the midfield in the summer, which is, you know, I think a lot of us kind of expecting at least two or three, but four is, is remarkable, given that I was thinking in my mind, percentage might kind of save one of those spots, save X amount of million pounds. Um, but for me, I, I just think you have to take it into the context and that Liverpool have to improve defensively. Not all teams will be as clinical as Real Madrid, but I think Liverpool did enough in the first 20 minutes to say, look, they know they can attack more. And I've also I've, I've praised Robertson and Trent Alexander-Arnold in recent weeks for finding their passing boots. And I think I think that is something they can absolutely take back in the Premier League. So I think it's important to give context to this result. And it's also important that the team know the, what to expect of them for the rest of the season. Because, so for example, Newcastle, their attacking numbers have fallen off as well. Spurs did not impress me against West Ham, but got the results. Brighton, Fulham, Brentford, they will drop points before the end of the season. We know that. You, know, you just look at the Fulham, uh, Brighton-Fulham game from the weekend and you know, the, the smash and grab that Fulham achieved there. So I expect Liverpool to finish higher than eighth, which is the current position. I do very much expect Liverpool to finish higher than that. Whether they can get all the way up to fourth, I'm not sure, because I think the top three are done. But I think just important focus on the positives and think to themselves they won't be facing bad quality every week. That's the way I'd look at it. Yeah, and a, a critical game now against Palace to try and um, recapture that positive feeling that, that we've lost tonight. But thanks very much, uh, Chris and Farrell, for, for jumping on um, late at night after a uh, <laughs> after after a pretty dismal night in Liverpool season um, if you're watching the podcast on YouTube please like the video, subscribe to the channel and leave a comment if you enjoyed it and if you're listening on Spotify you can follow the podcast so it appears in your feed you can have the notification button on and on any of the podcast platform as well you can give a positive review um, and a fi- five stars on Spotify would be hugely appreciated but yeah thanks very much for listening, we'll be back at the weekend after the Crystal Palace game but until then take care